Welcome to the three-letter acronym, a roundtable podcast about all the weird and awesome things happening in the Korean music industry. I'm your host, Louis O, DJ at K-Sound on WNUR, Chicago's Korean music radio show. And with me, as always, are my lovely co-hosts and commentators, Shana Fuller. Hi, I'm Shana. I run the Korean hip-hop blog, Soul Rebels. And Danny Huang. Hi, I'm Danny. I'm also a DJ and the producer of K-Sound. So we're here at our 20th episode. Woo! Yay! Woo! Um, we think we're probably going to have this close our um, first season of our show mm-hmm. um, as we'll all be heading off home for the holidays. Um, perhaps we'll come back with uh, more interesting com- things with the new year. This is going to be concluding our first foray through um, the podcasting world here. Um, and for our last episode for this season, we'll be discussing um, K-pop media appearances in the U.S. Um, topical as... Uh, as uh, BTS has recently made their appearance on the AMAs. Um, and other, also we'll be discussing that and the various oddities that have occurred with uh, various K-pop acts being on Korean television and elsewhere, uh, or on American television and elsewhere. Um, and uh, for our B-topic discussion, it's going to be relatively brief, but we'll be focusing on some, uh, some major highlights, um, sort of a wrap-up uh, uh, for this past year, um, in uh, Korean music. And as always, we will be closing out with our picks um, for the week, our In Case You Mystic pick, and a Hot No Release pick uh, for you to listen to this week. Um, and that's how we'll close the show. So why don't we jump into our first topic of the day, um, K-pop um, making their appearances across media, whether it might, mostly I guess TV, I guess, but also in some ca- some occasions in advertisements, in um magazines radio etc etc of course we won't be really including youtube per se since we've kind of discussed youtube Mm -hmm. in general and it's not as if there's like a gatekeeper in regards to youtube so much so we're talking more about like media outlets or broadcasting outlets you know that are um i wouldn't say official because that doesn't mean to say youtube isn't but like you know yeah those bigger bigger mainstream media outlets is what we're trying to say Mm -hmm. um anyone want to start us off um sure um so yeah i think the reason we're not including youtube in this is um because youtube is so um what's the word i want to use like it's user run right so like anyone can upload anything right Mm -hmm. related to k-pop their own reviews of albums whatever Mm -hmm. we've discussed that before but yeah this is really like major yeah i guess major media outlets um and so um yeah i think obviously as k-pop has become more and more globally popular and like globally recognized we've Mm -hmm. seen an increase in this for sure um i mean i've only been into k-pop since high school so in like later in high school so that's like 2008 2009 2010 like those years and so i know one of the earliest um things i remember um was uh rain <laughs> and the stone of stephen colbert show i did not know that this ever happened yeah so basically um that year i believe 2007 um time has its list of like you know the 100 most influential people or whatever mm-hmm. and for some reason rain was number one Above Stephen Colbert at number two. I think <laughs> Rain had that position for like a couple of years, but I think for a couple of years, Stephen Colbert also kind of had it. So I think it was at maybe okay. that transition point or something. Which was like, I don't even know why that happened. But anyway, Stephen Colbert made this huge deal 
and how like who's this rain guy who like took my spot and so he started this like rivalry with rain and so um rain's classic trying to avoid the sun song and music video colbert like remade it and it's ridiculous mm-hmm. and like aired it on the show and then the following year in 2008 rain actually came to be on the colbert show and they had like a dance battle it's mm-hmm. so absurd but anyway i just remember that being one of the earliest like instances that i was aware of of like this major k-pop mm-hmm. artist mm-hmm. being on you know late night american television um and that was yeah 2007 2008 so then yeah since then i feel like there's been an increase um yeah i mean we have a bunch listed here um uh wonder girls had like a tv special on teen nickelodeon it was it was like a fake like the premise of the tv special was like the wonder girls go on their first american tour but it was like a fake thing but it was like a tv show about that i don't know why that happened but that was on teen nick strange (laughs) um and then uh snsd they were kind of the first group to do the rounds, right. per se, on American television. So they were on Ellen. They were on The Late Show with David Letterman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are the major appearances they yeah, made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I think they were also at like some performances as well, just like live concerts or something mm-hmm. as well. Um, but a lot of it, like the the key thing that I would like to highlight is how the place of K-pop in American like mainstream media has also kind of shifted where like, as you mentioned, Shayna, like Rain, when he was first making his appearances in American television, it was more about the exoticism and about the absurdity, right? Like K-pop. Oh, yeah. Was def- sure. it's, it was more like K-pop was treated as this like foreign thing. Yeah. The best that Stephen Colbert could do was, you know not even engage with them <laughs> about their, you know, artistic preferences or whatever, but just do like a dance battle, right? So it was just, yeah. it's a very, very foreign thing. And then like as over the years, I feel like that has kind of changed. But um, of course, BTS has been the major kind of the watershed moment, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, because like the only major arguably like successful korean pop musician before bts was like maybe psy and that was like a total accident and it was not about (laughs) like anything about k-pop in particular that was just like he he was so it it was so memeable know what i mean like just the whole thing oh man did he ride that gravy train though i just wonder like if now psy has a moment every now and then where he thinks about that like what like what how did that <laughs> all like happen because i'm sure when he wrote kingdom style and like did the whole thing that's just sai being sai right yeah, yeah, so yeah. i don't think he he probably thought that like it would be funny and people in korea would think it was funny mm-hmm. i just don't think he could have ever like foreseen how like much that blew up it probably still mystifies the crap out of him because like <laughs> the, the, the following album it was a very much a concerted effort to like follow it Sound up like and it. To, like, yeah yeah and to i mean he had like collaborations the with snoop like snoop dog and, and oh yes. <laughs> so, it was clearly <laughs> a concerted effort and, and it didn't pan out i mean it wasn't that popular in like i mean of course it like it made its usual rounds in the in the in the korean charts but like it never really made a big impact yeah. Um, still got a couple billion views just because it was side people were curious of course but it never really kind of sat through yeah um, mm. but yeah <clears throat> that happened true so yeah i feel like um definitely and i mean because of that uh so you know we mentioned bts obviously performing at the american music awards uh was a week and a half ago now two weeks ago mm. um 
Psy was actually the first, I guess, K-pop yeah, yeah, yeah. artist to perform on, at the American Music Awards. And that was um, in 2012. And so he did this collaboration stage with MC Hammer. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the first time that happened. And yeah, it's still riding the Gangnam Style wave for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I feel like, yeah, as far as TV though, yeah, like that was the biggest one before BTS. And I mean, we'll come back to that, but... Oh, you know what? I just remember that Rain also had a, had a Hollywood debut oh at some point called ninja ninja yes yeah, ninja yeah, yeah. assassin yeah. oh gosh that and movie <laughs> yeah. so bad i think this still kind of followed when he was still like mega popular in asia yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah for sure i don't know who thought that it would work out in the states with like i think koreans also had a very had, had a very unclear understanding of like how american media works as well oh. because I don't think they understood that it doesn't matter. Just because you're in a movie doesn't make it successful. Well, yeah, I was going like, to say... the director... I don't even know who the... Like, the director seems like... I don't know who, what he has made before and how, how he seems credible to anybody. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I mean, honestly, if you... Okay, I'll take back my comment. The movie isn't terrible. If you want to watch it for fighting and violence, then it's great. But if you want plot and, like... <laughs> good lines then don't watch <laughs> like it's kind of sad because clearly rain worked really 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 was, hard yeah. on rips oh yeah yeah he was like ridiculously yeah. ripped he was doing crazy like stunts and stuff yeah mm-hmm. um oh also side note the like ijun from m black was also in this oh because like he's from rain's company yeah oh. he was the the Did child acting that. version oh, of rain's character he looks similar enough so another k-pop appearance i suppose interesting <laughs> um but, but yeah. then yeah like yeah i was gonna say i feel like <laughs> i mean obviously that movie did not do well and i mean but there are like other i guess rain being the only music artist right because you have korean actors who have crossed over Lee like yeah i was gonna say Lee Byung-hun, like yeah. he's pretty low-key but if you know who he is and it's like oh but then like he doesn't like you know it's not necessarily like look at this korean guy in this <laughs> movie like people who know him are like oh right, that's right, right. but like it's not a yeah but rain that was very specific like instance of like rain the k-pop star in this film yeah that, that the response to it was interesting so i think that also kind of has to do so the place of k-pop in american mainstream media also kind of has to do with how the how the entertainment companies in korea decide to package their products as mm-hmm. in they if if they don't have a good understanding of how the american media system works then they're gonna you know just just throw a lot of money into the trash can i feel like that's kind of exactly what happened with the wonder girls in Mm -hmm. jyp was that like they made a huge deal out of the fact that like these the wonder girls were gonna like debut in the u.s and like they were supposed to be really successful and whatever and then you know they're gone for like two years nobody hears anything from them um because like first of all they didn't realize i think that there america was ready for to to like accept a korean like pop girl group as like a legitimate art form because <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, it's still very much like the kind of orientalization and like yeah generalization that was happening and they didn't realize that like they, I, I don't think anyone had a clue about the whole trainee system at all or no, like not the, really no like, context yeah and the tv um tv like media companies weren't ready to like they didn't have the camera work that would like best you know capture their their chore- choreography or like the sound systems mm-hmm. um it was it was just not the system was just not ready for k-pop um mm-hmm. which is why it, i feel like really failed and psy was also like they 
so I was not planning to infiltrate the American market in the first place. Yeah. And so, of course, when he made it big, he was like, oh, maybe it was the music. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It went deeper than the music. You know, it was like the fact that he was a meme, and then that's why like his ensuing album. Um, and like a couple singles were like all terrible because he was just like trying to replicate the thing, and that's just not how, like that works. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> he just did not. He had no clue. And contrasting that with BTS, I feel like it's really interesting because I don't know if they know. I don't know if like the people whoever's like managing BTS knows about the, how the subculture works in the U.S. But like approaching. Twitter as a market, I feel like was the smartest choice they could make. Oh yeah, because for sure. like K-pop was not gonna. It's as long as it's as long as the the pop market exists in the U.S. It's not K-pop is not gonna take that down. Yeah, there's already an existing majority, so K-pop is gonna have to work from the edges. So it was smart of them to yeah start like attacking, addressing the um, the subculture where where the subculture is really festering. I think yeah. they just also had like really good timing as well when like. I think even at the point of like when Psy came out, it was still very much people still thought it was really just K-pop was weird. Mm-hmm. That's just how it was, and like even for people who like was listening to stuff before it had like now it was kind of like oh it's this weird thing that they liked. So I don't know. I feel like it just kind of that it it that hipster ish aspect of it kind of like came to full is coming to bloom, I guess, towards the surface at this point i don't mm-hmm. know I, I think it, it, it's just like a timing thing as well they they were also kind of at the right place at the right time and then their efforts on social media is kind of what differentiated them as opposed to maybe something like xo or something like that yeah i would say i mean surprisingly i feel like the fact that bts is not from one of the big three companies has actually worked to their advantage yeah yeah yeah. For because sure. the groups from the big three companies have such huge fan bases from the very beginning like even mm-hmm. before the group debuts everyone sold because they trust the company and the company's like reputation so i feel like because i feel like even before exo debuted people were like so excited for exo because it's like an sm group mm-hmm. it's gonna be like these 12 guys you know um and obviously like exo is still very popular but i think the thing that comes with one of the big three groups is like the control that they're under so not that big hit like definitely like of course they monitored them like when they were first debuting and stuff but i feel like they just have a lot more freedom as far as social media goes and that's like served to their advantage when it comes to things like Twitter, right? Because mm-hmm. I think like there are some other K-pop artists who have Twitter accounts, yeah. but they're pretty much like highly like very official. Yeah, right? it's very official, very like content that really only has to do with album releases. Or, or if it's whatever. not, it got trashy real quick, or like not <laughs> trashy, not in the American like re- like relatively speaking. Like sure, we've talked about briefly. I think the whole um. The wholesomeness. No, no. Well, I mean, because there was a whole Twitter drama that happened between um, uh, what was that group's name? I forget again. The the one that did Bo Peep, Bo Peep and stuff. Twi- uh, Tiara. Because oh. yes. that, that they had their own like oh yeah drama too, mm-hmm. and I, and that would like I feel like instances like that would lead a lot of like labels to say no. This is like you don't get to do whatever you want in these <laughs> things, but. I guess it kind of if you have like if they had a group that was either either taught enough 
I'm sure they. I'm sure at this point, some group now labels do like social media training because that's how Koreans do things. They decide <laughs> that you need education because they love the word education so much. Um, <laughs> but you know, at the, I guess they had a group that they could either have enough trust in that they won't do stupid stuff. Because I guess like if you have a group of kids who I don't know maybe gel well enough and you think they're you know mm-hmm. like nice enough kids or smart enough to not do stupid stuff on on the internet then maybe you could just kind of give it to them or maybe they had like guidelines like okay or like training or whatever but anyway but i think i will say too like and this is not obviously i'm biased as a bts fan so everything i say take with a grain of salt but <laughs> um i think it's helpful that he now goes by rm so i will respect his new Trap stage monster. name rm is what he goes by now um but like i think the fact that he like can read pretty well and like understand english has served to the group's advantage Mm. and also like i know this blew up in korean news a couple years ago but like apparently on the like korean high school you know the college exam he scored in the top like whatever percentile and like his iq is like 148 or something oh yeah yeah, so yeah, like yeah. oh really yeah oh. so he was like, on, like the, the once oh, oh like, yeah so like he's a smart guy like street smart i think but uh, not street smart but like you know what i mean like media smart like yeah, he knows yeah, yeah, how yeah. to not do stupid stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. then he's like actually smart mm-hmm. and i feel like him being the group's leader is very helpful <laughs> because Guys, like you can't do this yeah no because they think <laughs> like i I mean, I think something that's been really helpful for them, like definitely they've all they've made the same mistakes that everyone makes here and there, like appropriation, saying stupid stuff, doing stupid stuff. But I feel like the one thing that has helped them is because they are so used to being in constant communication with their fans, they don't really have to wait on like an official like statement from big hit when they Mm -hmm. do something stupid, like they can handle it themselves. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they have done that. And I respect them for that because like. I think they're either lyrics that were sexist or like hairstyles or things that they've done where they now will be like, okay, that was like stupid. Mm -hmm. Like we have learned and like we shouldn't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like their fan base is really diverse. So that makes a big difference. Whereas like you have these big three groups that keep doing this stupid stuff over and over again. And like either they don't address it at all. Most of the time they don't address it at all. Like 99% of the time. So I feel like that is helpful. And yeah, like there's a lot on Twitter that I'm sure <laughs> RM like filters through, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> but he like selectively like, you know, lets the group. I mean, even um even last week when they had their like they were doing their rounds with all these American interviews, like he was pretty much in charge of translating questions. And there were many instances where like he just translated the question to what he like wanted it to be oh. in Korean. <laughs> like that was hilarious. There were a couple questions like um Oh, gosh. I can't remember. There was one that was like, oh, uh, what's the craziest thing, like, one of the army fans has ever done, you know? Because, you know, Americans trying to get, like, the dirt. Like, mm-hmm. what's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Trying to get it, like, do you have saucing fans, basically? And I think he translated it to, like, oh, what's the most passionate, like, thing a fan has done, you know? So, like, <laughs> so that they would say nice things, you know? That's smart of him. Yeah, though, no, I think he's really, like, smart and, like, in the moment knows how to just, like, handle things, mm-hmm. which is really helpful in a leader because I feel like if you don't have that, then there's potential for all kinds of crap put to the fans. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I feel like that served them well, um, <laughs> definitely. But I think um, also kind of going back to EXO I feel like is worth 
um, looking at mm. because so BTS is just like in terms of production quality, of course they're not like horrible, but compared to the amount of money that like SM can oh, pour into its sure. groups, like yeah. it's not matched. So much money. But that approach of like just trying to infiltrate the market with pure production value has yeah. like repeatedly just proved to not work because I guess like. America, as opposed to like some of these countries in Southeast Asia where there are um, bigger K-pop um, fandoms, America already has like a booming pop industry. That like, so like fans, don't, people don't have a reason to like, I don't know, get on, get off the 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 mainstream pop and then get onto K-pop because yeah. like, well, why would they do that unless <laughs> like it's and it's harder to top the level of capital that goes into pop productions as well. Like, mm. so. That's why um, even because I watched the AMA stage performance uh, of BTS and I was like, uh, maybe, you know, I mean, even like EXO or like Red Velvet or FX or something would have done like better is how I felt. Al- and although like, you know, the sound system wasn't ready for to, to play like K-pop and uh, the camera work wasn't optimal. But <laughs> in terms of the pure like production quality, b- oh, like yeah. BTS wasn't like on like their A game. Um so that's like a point that I think BTS has to work on because it's uniquely positioned as like a, one of the it, it's got more leverage on the on the market. So if they now decide to kind of up their game in terms of yeah um, content production, it'd be interesting to see where that goes. And I will say though that like the one thing that does set Korean artists apart that I think was proven at the AMAs was like just like how much work they put into performances because mm. they were like. Numerous people who were convinced that they were lip syncing, <laughs> and everyone was like, "No, like they literally train for hours, dancing and singing at the same time." Since they were and teenagers. of course, someone like posted an MR removed that was like, "Ha!" Like, listen, mm. you know. Um, and I think that just like shocked people because, in general, I watched the rest of the AMA performances and like. <laughs> it left a bit to be desired. Like I think yeah. the best of the night was probably Khalid and Imagine Dragons. Mm-hmm. That was solid. Mm-hmm. Selena was good, even though she was actually lip syncing because she's sick or something. But like in general, I was watching all of them, and I don't like follow American pop music super closely. But I was just like, what is going on? Like why is everyone <laughs> so bad? So yeah, I think yeah, yeah. especially in light of what they had to follow, BTS like stood out for that mm-hmm. reason too. Yeah, that's also interesting. Um, looking at kind of the future of how k-pop might develop in the american like uh, mainstream media is that k-pop is founded on like human rights infringements like these <laughs> like the trainee system and like these yeah. and they get basically no privacy mm-hmm. and you know they train for hours since they're like kids and i'm also really interested to see like once if k-pop does reach that kind of mainstream status Will people look into how it's made, <laughs> and then, and what? then we'll, yeah, and then like what'll happen <laughs> afterwards? You know, like will people like try to shut it down or like? Okay. I mean, hey man, people still eat their sausages. <laughs> they know how it's made. That's true, but I mean, yeah, that would be interesting because I mean, it's almost like, and this is a dramatic statement to make, but like it's like the music equivalent of like sweatshops almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we have people over here who continue to buy the clothes, right? But mm. we like pretend to be outraged that like. 12 year old somewhere in a factory making our clothes people still buy nike exactly like that's the sad part it's Mm. like people might there might be some like expose by a major network but then at the end of the day Mm. yeah i feel like it won't matter 
too and, much. Yeah. And like on a side note, kind of related to that. And I like, while I think it'll be interesting to see how that affects, of course, the dynamic here. But at the same time, like, I think there might be opportunities where of like acts outside of that system to also kind of make an impact. And I think that will, you know, instead of really upending how things are done here, it will provide perhaps more oppor- like there may be. You know, it'll be a, a, a new niche thing or new quality to, to latch on to differentiate um, other acts in the market. Like, I mean, a lot of BTS fans and a lot of like the the articles on them always kind of exalt them and and, and give them more credit because they're involved in the producing or whatever right, because right. they have like socially conscious lyrics or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and I think maybe what embodies that, and of course, it hasn't blown up, but the fact that he is such a he is becoming a fixture i think but i want to mention Hyukul. Mm. Mm-hmm. um of course it's usually not the band and in, in most contexts where he's specifically oh Hyuk, the the front man of the group is featured on a lot of like he's blowing up a little bit in the in the fashion world oh yeah yeah for sure um, a lot of like magazine covers ooh. featuring yeah. him see this is i've missed this he's such a low-key person mm-hmm. i don't know if he well does he post this stuff on his instagram so i feel like rappers if they're featured in anything they will post it on instagram but i feel like oh doesn't do that so i like don't know what's going on i think their corporate like oh, like Hyogo account would post okay, all of that okay, but, but like not him, him personally himself. i don't think so okay gotcha yeah i think he himself is super like just kind of an, an understated dude yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But I am not totally clear on how much YG money is influencing his media exposure. But nonetheless, like he's mm. he's he was like I even I was surprised when I was just flipping through magazines at like Barnes and Noble. He was like, "Wait a minute, I've seen that person. Who is this person?" And it's on the it's a cover of High Snobiety magazine, the, mm. the oh. like street yeah. fashion culture magazine. Interesting. And it was Hugo. He was on the cover. I was like, "What the hell? This is weird." <laughs> Um, of course, like, you know, like I have certain suspicions that YG has enough clout in as a label in the, you know, both high fashion, mag- like mm-hmm. culture already, because, you know, G-Dragon. GD, G-Dragon has always, you know, I guess that's the other the precedent that started yes, it all out. Sure. Like he made such a big splash in Korea and he was such, you know, right along, he rode that rise in Korean, um, you know, explosion into luxury fashion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that he kind of became like I think he kind of became a lightning rod where he got a lot of endorsements and a lot of exposure yeah, with yeah. like big labels and that kind of spilled over into twenty one as a group, but specifically of course continuing to write through with um with C L. Mm-hmm. Um I think uh C L was also in a lot of fashion weeks. She was like I think she released her um, song Hello Bitches when she was doing like her fashion shoot for like Vogue. Yeah, she was, yeah. I think, at during Fashion Week in Paris or something like that, or New York, probably New York. Um, and I guess those connections kind of so, like was sort of part of it, but nonetheless, I think Hyogo was already kind of making a name for himself in Korea already. And then that just kind of spilled over, you know, through underground culture somehow. And I think that's still kind of, that's that's pretty fascinating as well yeah and and of course this is happening a lot in korea right now and i think a lot of these high high fashion labels are you know making rela- building relationships with like you know performers like toki and stuff like that who yeah. exude that sort of luxury lifestyle but i don't think no one really cares about toki in terms of like a fashion icon outside of like <laughs> korea despite his like very vocal well... very 
you know, no, like uh, what I mean to say is like Hoko isn't like, like you said, he's not like showing <laughs> himself, true. like true, wearing true. something right. from somewhere. Yeah. And I think, of course, his interest is not like the people's interest in him is not so much because he's wearing the newest thing out of like Balenciaga or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but true. he's he's got this. He's part of he's kind of one of the leading icons in that sort of um nerd i don't really know what the exact term for it is but what i think seems to be sort of that nerd core like big baggy like huge like um you know that's which is also kind of like a new niche thing that seems to be growing yeah um but anyway i thought that like that maybe comes to show how i mean how that that band was never crafted right that was not a k-pop fixture and i don't it remains to be seen how big they'll be i mean they don't really intend to be big um, I don't think YG is really pushing them to be like no. some sort of international like stardom or anything, but you know they've had they've had a successful tour across the U.S. Um, and people are paying attention at least in the underground or like the high fashion scenes. So I don't know, maybe like that that offers them a bit of exposure and like you know despite being from Korea, nobody has to be like weirded out by it. At the same time, it's not because of the novelty. It's now just like oh. This dude has so interesting fashion sense, and we'll feature him on the in the magazine, right? It's not so much oh this novelty like thing anymore, right? Yeah. Um. So I don't know. So that I think that also kind of shows maybe there's room for quote unquote organically driven built groups as well or acts in, in the future to for them to spread. Well, that I want to take that lead in because yeah, I think fashion is a really important element here. Only because I feel like along with all the exposure from like, you know, uh, American morning shows like Good Morning America and like radio shows and MTV and whatever, like the the other sector of American media that was like freaking out about BTS was like Vogue and <laughs> Elle mm-hmm. and like makeup, you know, like it was wild. And I feel like um, Teen Vogue has like blown up re- as just like a media outlet in general like i think it's completely web-based now in the magazine Mm. and i think part of their more recent like obsession with k-pop is like knowing their audience (laughs) like Mm -hmm. because i think they're i mean if you looked at the audience of like the ellen bts and ellen show like all the most of these people are like 13 to 16 that are there you know um so i feel like teen vogue is just being smart and they know that like girls that age in america are paying attention to k-pop so therefore they're posting articles about cl and 17 and bts but i mean they do still have articles that are like oh get this look like you know this is their skincare routine or like whatever like it's very smart you know so i feel like um fashion is going to be really important Mm because the truth with k-pop stars is they have a lot of money and they care a lot about how they look and like not that american artists don't but it's just like another level yeah because like (laughs) i mean there's a whole industry surrounding especially in terms of like cosmetics yeah yeah and you know like it's it's home it's almost it's remarkably huge already strictly from the homegrown perspective but it's already i mean like no people most typical people probably don't think of Amore Pacific as like a big Korean brand, but it's actually one of the biggest like yeah. conglomerates in in Korea. Yeah. It's taken most of Asia by storm. Also, like, and it's of course buttressed by the popularity of K-pop and like Korean yeah. films and pop culture in general. Of course, K dramas as well. And um, but I think that's that interest is also sort of spreading into American media. So like yes. fashion and like beauty and health, like and and 
mm-hmm. and care like that kind of They're for men as well too, yeah because oh yeah boy groups right yeah for sure i mean i'm telling you like the most hilarious thing was like people who know nothing about bts and nothing about k-pop literally like on twitter being like okay yeah sure but like what's their skincare routine <laughs> like how why do they like how you know yeah. And I feel like if, yeah, these Korean companies should jump on this, like, already you go into Urban Outfitters and see, like, Korean face masks, like... Oh, yeah. No, I was... like, the new strange thing (laughs) in the last year. But, like, I mean, hey, like, jump on that. (laughs) Like, you know, they could be making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like it's interesting to see um, people like Hyogo or um, BTS blowing up as opposed to other more highly produced kind of... um, like musical per- personalities because i think what it takes to really kind of make it big um is a higher level of agency like mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's because it That's feels true. more personal these people yes. feel like more real people that you yes. could talk to connect to instead of like these like robots that have mm-hmm. been like with their fake smiles and like um i don't know like highly produced yeah, yeah. like at totally. and everything it's 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 all about balance i think because like you know the Koreans generally have a problem with this. Like if they if they think something works, they'll like game the crap out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> over strategize almost. Um, and you know, and I think that's kind of represented in terms of like overly strategizing things and completely misunderstanding the point sometimes. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of symbolized in the fact that like despite and I'm sure it worked works in a lot of in 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 certain ways is the the international or the lack thereof makeup of certain groups mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um i think notably bts all of them are korean born mm-hmm. um so they don't even have like strictly speaking korean americans either and particularly mm. not born in seoul like oh. fans love that like they're from daegu and busan and like, <laughs> they mm. talk about it all the time you know in their songs so i feel mm. like they have that going for them as well yeah yeah where as opposed to that like i'm sure having you know chinese members and their groups have definitely benefited mm-hmm. them in terms of like the broad asian market i suppose for like exo mm-hmm. and a lot of their predecessors such as like super junior um but you know f- and, and, and for like big groups like the stuff that comes out of jyp by this point mm. um but i think it comes to show that you don't that's not totally necessary like i think for a while people were super concerned with like they, they felt like they needed to put out um japanese language albums yeah, yeah, yeah. or like korean yeah. which i think can help in certain ways but like do you necessarily need to have um and i mean i mean i think if you find good talent from abroad then sure like it can mm-hmm. be a part of it and especially it's even better if they can like speak korean pretty well yeah and why not, not open but i think like <laughs> taking like it over formula, strategically right? yeah let's we <laughs> yeah. have to there needs to be like i don't know it's i think it's stupid if you start doing studies of like how what percentage of your group should be like you know like over over you know it's not, it's not a formula it yeah like trying to key. formula yeah that's that's i think when it starts to take the i don't know at least the veneer of organicness out of it mm. or some level of genuineness to it having some sort of human touch to it so you yeah. know having a good balance of like high production values you know like like we were talk- talking about earlier in terms of like you know, the BTS having a pretty good production value mm. in the yeah. AMAs. And I think that's one thing that people like as well, that despite America having so much money they can put into their music videos or whatever, one, I guess, downfall of being organically brewed or just like, you know, is that you might have a lot of great talent, but, you know, what's you know a problem with a lot of hip-hop acts and 
in its heyday, a lot of rock acts is that they, you know, have low professionalism mm. because they're I don't, out of arrogance or out of like yeah for sure you know because like too too many times you have these like hip hop acts that like they don't show up or mm. super, late, super late either yeah. because they're like drunk as hell so annoying on drugs and this is not just hip hop this is like this is hip hop because it's it's super super like money making right now but this was the rock in the eighties yeah 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 and before then like people like Led Zeppelin would get so like no, effed totally. up they can't show up to their own show or whatever. And that's um, where Korean conservative culture is a nice cushion. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. How dare you, gonna, yo! Like, as soon as one person shows show up drunk up to a show, yo, that's an end. That their like, career's gonna done. end that day. <laughs> <You're done. laughs> Literally, like, yo, you can't even pass. We talked about this before, but like that one time, I think Jenny in Blackpink was like not like not smiling during her show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People give her <laughs> shit about that. Like the people police no, you that. Can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't do that. You, you, you are. Yeah. You need to be thankful at all times. And I think that's <laughs> you right. at least have a, a veneer so of modesty. Yeah. Um. And even I mean, even for me, I can totally relate to a lot of people latching on to that. Yeah, totally. Because I like that too. I can appreciate even if it's not totally honest. Like I can appreciate Korean media as a whole having some level of like, I mean, it's stupid sometimes. Like I don't need you to like blur out. Every time someone puffs from a cigarette, that's stupid. Mm. But I can appreciate people like at least like policing themselves to not be like dicks. Ridiculous. Sure. Ridiculous. You know, I mean, I think it, you need to strike a good balance of in between. Um, and Koreans also like just because you look like you're a nice person on TV, it's and eventually oh, it shows yeah. that you're a shady person off and then that ruins your career at some point. So, like, I mean, somewhere in the middle would be nice. Yeah. But. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Maybe that that maybe becomes a thing when like you know Korean artists who are so trained to be like you know on point all all the time. Oh yeah, for can sure. Relax a little bit when they're in the states, maybe. And this new generation of know. like K-pop groups, they have so many bad examples <laughs> at this point that I feel like they're because if you think about it, groups like Big Bang. Like, they had to learn the hard way most of the time. Yeah. I feel like if you're one of these, like, new generation groups and you make similar mistakes, then you just haven't been paying attention. Like, mm. I would hope that wouldn't happen because, like, clearly, like, I feel like there are enough examples of what not to do mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. That, like, and I feel like BTS, like, they're soon going to find themselves in this position of, like, we want to be chill mm. and, like, appeal to American fans, but also we have to be careful like even the fact like last week designer posted on his insta story himself smoking a blunt and like <laughs> dancing to his verse in their song and people are kind of like uh <laughs> 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 what do we do you know <laughs> because it's like not bts and they weren't there but he's right. associated so you know it's mm-hmm. like it's gonna be this like balancing game of like how do we deal with are two fan bases that are like similar, but very different, and, yeah, with different expectations. Especially mm. post internet, right? Like whatever they do here, yeah. Korea is gonna know, and vice oh, yeah. versa. So. I mean, the fact that freaking Dispatch followed them like here, what? <laughs> like Dispatch was at the AMAs, mm. and like did a whole feature on BTS at the AMAs, and like uh, there are a couple of hilarious photos on Twitter of um one of the members Taehyung, one of his fan sites from Korea came. And they were like these pictures of him looking right into the camera, like confused. <laughs> what are you doing here? And it was like, imagine following your bias all the way to the U.S. and they look at you like this because <laughs> he looks like legit, like surprised to see them there. <laughs> like what? Like why are you? Yeah, but anyway, I think 
hopefully they don't crack under that pressure. But I think they just like they've basically literally all eyes on them from both like extreme yeah. sides right now. Mm. So it's kind of like I mean people were giving Jungkook crap because when they came to the U.S. for the Billboard Music Awards, there's a group photo and like he has hover hands over like this female celebrity, like he didn't actually touch. <laughs> that's her. like the nice thing to do in Korea. No, right? yeah, so like Korea just... was like, oh yeah, manner hands, like that's the thing, and everyone yeah. here is like, wait, what? Like, you know? <laughs> so I just feel like there's gonna be this weird like how to behave mm-hmm. what do we do you know mm-hmm. even like on the sorry on their like live broadcast after the amaze they were in the hotel room with champagne and jungkook was like torn because he's like i'm a drinking age in korea but i'm not in the u.s yeah. <laughs> like, oh, i can't feel yeah. myself no, drinking you know stressful. so it's just like there's a lot yeah <laughs> i this also makes makes me think like i remember like like late 90s like you know post this like huge like over like huge fascination with japan in the yeah, states yeah, yeah. and you know it, it it became so inundated with like this fascination with japanese culture that it you know it also kind of you know it inevitably is also parodied at some point right so like i remember like um i feel like there might be versions of that like once people get more exposed to like korean pop culture and all the mm-hmm. like idiosyncrasies of it like it'll also will take that parody treatment. Oh, that'd be funny. You know, like kind of because I remember like sometimes there will be like like SNL skits or something like that of like oh you know, like, that doing, would like, be you know doing like fantastic. repeated bows like nobody knowing when to stop. <laughs> you know that was that was a you know parody of like Japanese like you know <laughs> mannerisms or yeah or you know culture and that I feel like that might happen like so at some point someone in SNL is gonna be like parodying a K-pop group and like Manor do the manner hands. It'll be like a laugh track will go over it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're really close. Like, I think something that I was encouraged by, um, I mean, obviously, inevitably, whenever anyone non-white gets media exposure, Mm -hmm. particularly if you're Asian, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's backlash, right? We've talked about the whole Jay Park, the NBA game thing. And I feel like they're already like, I mean, Ellen has posted on her official Facebook page a bunch of times, like BTS. And of course, in the comments, you're going to have these racist idiot people saying stupid stuff you know mm. but it's like encouraging this like more and more to see people like defending them and like shutting those people down you know so i feel like i don't know particularly the younger crowd like who are growing up with like this being normal or like mm. a norm for them i mean yeah i feel like they're making it easier for groups in the future to have more of a media presence here for sure i think you know that makes me think there's probably also in terms of like I mentioned timing, I think there's a certain level of like improved cultural li- liberalism in terms of like, uh, you know, definitions of like masculinity or and, yes. and yeah, 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 whatnot. for sure. And, you know, like people being even if you like, you know what I think because just like 10 years ago, like bts or anything like you know much of like especially boy band culture would have been like oh that's gay no yeah. totally but now it's like oh totally like that could be totally a thing and like mm-hmm. or or like you know like we saw that <laughs> that one video last week of that one um super super fan just you like, know yeah gay youtuber who just like was fanboying yeah. over bts over yeah. bts no totally and now that's like you know more acceptable and it's, oh, so it's sure. like people can just be more open about it too yeah. So I think that that also kind of worked to BTS benefit or like K-pop in general's benefit of just like it being a little more okay to just kind of like that stuff that most people like the majority of people would have like condemned yeah. just like not to ago. not to spill too much over into my social media segment but I don't know if you guys know who Post Post Malone is 
only heard it. And if you know what he looks like. I've definitely heard his music. Don't know of him personally. All right. Well, just for the sake of right now, while I'm explaining this, you should Google image Post Malone. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Post Malone is like this kind of grungy looking, like white rapper dude. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, (laughs) there were a lot of girls on Twitter that were like, why are they so pretty? Like, why do they look like girls? And then everyone was like, oh, I'm sorry. They don't look all look like Post Malone. Oh, I'm sorry. Like our men actually shower and like wash their face. (laughs) This is like super savage. But yeah, like I think especially especially now when like yeah, artists can pretty much look however they want, especially pop artists, mm-hmm. and no one's really gonna say anything because yeah. I feel like that grungy look is in right now. And so a bunch of girls were like, "Well, I'm sorry that not everyone looks like this. Like, <laughs> my bad. Like, <laughs> you know." So yeah, you're right. Like I think as far as the masculinity thing goes, um, there's a lot more wiggle room mm-hmm. now. And so that helps too, you know. Yeah. Do you guys see more of this happening in the future? Like, do you do you see a second BTS happening? Because so, for me mm. right now, like, it, I can't think of any group that fits this bill of like being as connected with their fans over social media and stuff. I mean, I don't think they all have to be this socially like connected. I think this could just be like BTS could just be a gateway drug where people don't really need to have that anymore. That's mm. true. Or, you know, what usually happens is that a label will put out like sort of a, a semi-carbon copy in either a girl version or if their guy version is like sort of, you know, on that on the horizon moment of being too old. That's because that's the SM model, right? They'll always have yeah. like... Yeah, replace them. Replace them, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't know who else um, Big Hit manages, but my my I presume that they're preparing a girl version of their of BTS if they don't have one already. So, Big Hit right now, um, I don't think they have any current groups still under. So, um, BTS debuted in 2013, Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, they literally only have a list of like former artists. So um, 2 a.m. Right. Ended in 2014. Mm. Um, there was a group named eight ended in 2014 and glam ended in 2015. So right now there's only BTS. And then there's another group they have called um, Home. Which is like, home. That's home. like home. yeah, which is like the former two AM members, yeah. right? Two AM and um, eight. eight. Yes. Yeah. So so I mean BTS is their main gig right now. And people are saying like, you know, after a couple of years t- to keep like money coming in, they're gonna have to debut another group. Right. But um and obviously like it won't be it won't be BTS. But I think like the interesting thing with BTS though is like, okay, if you look at the twenty one Blackpink situation, right? Like in all honesty, Blackpink is just 21 all over again, right? Mm-hmm. Like, repackaged. Um, but I think BTS, like, while 21's music pretty much, I would say, stayed the same in terms of genre and style, mm-hmm. I feel like BTS has kind of been all over the place. Mm. And so I feel like it's not, it's less repli- easily replicable, if that makes sense. And so I feel like if they do, I don't know if they'll release a girl group. Like, that would be strange to me (laughs) i don't really know like what that would look like but i mean yeah i feel like if they continue to like manage the same way and like produce the music the same way and like work with people the same way then it could maybe go well i mean you're never gonna get the same product twice but i just i just think like if bts is like really really just hits it really big in like the next a year or two then like i said i don't think they 
nobody it's it won't even be all that necessary it'll just spill over yeah because like at that point people will just be interested in k-pop in general that's and, true and nobody will really have to do anything if anything <laughs> that's people true. should not try too hard to be go strive for the american market just do what you're doing and people will come yeah i almost would want to say i wish that would happen because at some point there's going to be a group that decides because you know because knowing korea knowing like... or also knowing america at some <laughs> point there's going to be white girls and boys who grew up watching k-pop they want to be k-pop stars too they're going to travel over here and then some management management person is going to be like oh yeah we got to appeal to the american market well okay hey i mean i feel like we already well it hasn't gone well but um gosh we were just talking about her but the girl who the 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 black artist who just left the k-pop group yes because that it wasn't going well right like so i don't know i feel like there hasn't been enough precedent first she i mean you have to also think she arrived pretty late Sure. I'm That's, thinking. Oh, you mean like children who are like yeah, seven I'm being shipped over there? At some point, <laughs> some eight-year-old or nine-year-old. I don't know. Oh no. Because all you need is a sixteen-year-old older sister who likes this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like I have a talented younger sister. Hey, you go. I mean, hey, you go to the K-pop auditions at SM that that's they hold in Santa Monica. Tekken, right? yeah, 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 like there that's Taekyun's yeah. story. Taekyun's story is that his older sister told him to go audition. He was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to be fans K-pop themselves. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I. Not, I feel like few people, as still at this point, will subject their children to this entire process, who aren't like familiar with it. Already. Okay, now we, I mean, Americans give you know the the system crap for being like human, you know, like like human rights <laughs> violations. Yeah, like that's going on. But like, if think about what the crap people, su- the, the entertainment industry subjects to kids here as well. Okay, like, think about fair. first of all the Disney model. Oh yeah! The crap they pull over there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> second, the whole honey boo thing. Oh yeah. Do we? Did we all forget that happened? <laughs> um. Don't. Do we not have beauty pageants for nine no, year olds here? No, that's true. That's um. Sick. We're not. At like, least we're not far off. I'm not saying it's not like it hasn't <laughs> happened, but I'm just saying like I think it's like this unknown thing mm. that people are like. And like if if it involves having to travel to a foreign country at a young know age, know a language, kinda, kinda, yeah. It may it may change the stakes a little yeah. bit. If anything, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> you know, the youngest in uh, the next Kardashian family would would benefit from taking, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> ethics training oh. that they take in a Korean, <laughs> you know, Korean yeah. management company. Fair, fair. I don't know. Like, who knows? Maybe it'll like fuse together in some That's weird an interesting, way. That's an interesting idea. I mean, going back to like this collab thing. I feel like right now what we see happening with people like Sean Mendez or Charlie Puth or whoever in BTS, like mm. they're young guys. These guys are like Khalid, like they're the same age. Yeah. Right. And so I feel like, you know, BTS, people are talking about how like during the breaks, during the American Music Awards, like people kept coming over to like say hi to them and they mm. were like, what's going on? Like, this is weird. And, you know, like during that whole thing, like Zed tweeted like, hey, BTS, like let's collab, you know, and like. <laughs> Yeah, Zed. <laughs> I don't know why jumping on the BTS train. Yeah, that's so I know, but I'm just oh. saying, like, I think it's like slowly well, it, becoming it, it normal. Totally not make sense. It kind of makes sense. <laughs> well, now that Steve Aoki collab with him, anything is they possible. Co- they collab with like uh, European artists and stuff all the time. Yeah, and it's 
poppy stuff yeah. that it does anyway. And so. I mean, you have instances where I think, again, with BTS releasing their own kind of content, like the members always do covers of songs yeah. that they like. And I mean, they cover Charlie Puth's song or Shawn Mendes' song. And dude, they, like, honestly, retweeted it, you yeah. Know? So with this Aoki remix, it's only a matter of time before it doesn't even have to be a collaboration because what do what do what do remix like? Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> remix is galore. At this point, there's gonna be a remix album. <laughs> of BTS songs, you know you're gonna That's have true. you're gonna have your Probably. your cash cash your you know it's gonna happen. That's Let's true. be honest. Hey, Matt Decent already did stuff with like, yeah. and it's not crazy because Matt Decent already has done stuff with with GD and like yeah. yeah no, you know what yeah. that that needs to happen. And like, Diplo and CL yeah. that happens. Skrillex. They they make like pop. Bar you know they they make EDM also. remix yeah. albums of popular singles in the states already. Like fits in the tantrums to like yeah. Po- like uh portugal the man they already have mm-hmm. entire remix albums of a single yeah, so that's yeah. going to happen for bts it's like it's like yeah. writings on the wall people it's gonna happen but i think i think they had to get to a certain point for this to become like a normal thing that's happening organically right yeah, because yeah. like because they're on twitter you know like people always tweet about like when some artist follows them back or whatever so mm. i feel like this is very different from an agency reaching out to someone mm-hmm. and being like hey like yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do this thing you know and it's it's just it's coming more from a genuine place of like we like your music oh you like our music like maybe this can be a thing you know and then having someone like rm who speaks english to be that mediator person because i feel like if you don't have the mediator it just makes it difficult Mm -hmm. um i mean it happens in hip-hop a lot but like there's less need for talking like in general (laughs) with a lot of shouting yeah (laughs) it's fine you know um so yeah but I don't know. I mean, that's interesting to think about. I, I'm i very curious to see where this is going. Uh, I mean, hey, like, I think the most shocking thing out of all of this is, um, I don't know if you guys heard about it, but while BTS was here, the last thing that they, like, recorded was, uh, so Dick, Dick Clark has his, like, every year he does, like, the New Year's Eve special. Mm-hmm. And so they pre-recorded performance for that. Oh. Which is, like, that's like the craziest thing to me because mm. like no one really like speaking from I'll speak for myself no one really cares about the performances for New Year's Eve like I don't really <laughs> care like mm. it's just random pop artists American pop artists who like perform them like whatever mm. but the fact that again a not American group right yeah. singing a song in mostly Korean is like you know a, a big enough deal for them to be like oh sure like why not you know mm-hmm. like I don't know it's setting an interesting precedent for sure all right. Um, I guess what do we what do we want to close this segment with? Do we want to play the Aoki the remix? New re- Aoki Might remix? as well. Oh, also interesting point about the Aoki remix. Um, Doc's Kim was is like credited on yeah. the song as gang vocals. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, that's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he uploaded that on his Instagram. I was like, dude. What you what you have to do? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I I love it. <laughs> also, also, uh, uh, this was not a- immediately apparent to me, but um, props to, to Flo Flo Sick Flo Chic. I never know Flo-sick. what to call Flo-sick? Flo Sick. <laughs> I like read it as Koreans. So Flo Chic. Like, Flo Chic. Flo Chic. <laughs> Flo Sick. Uh, also helped write the lyrics for the remix. Oh. Super random. But he like posted about it on Instagram, and everyone was like, "Oh." So his name is in the credits somewhere too. <laughs> right. Oh, you know what? I actually want to mention one more thing. Yes. Um, with all this happening, I would like 
Far East Movement to put out another album. Mm. That would be the time. Because I think they were almost a little too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost. I think they <laughs> were, I, at the time, I thought it was, like, good months. timing. Yeah. But I think it's even, they, like, it's almost as if they pulled out of, like, a rising like a rising bubble investment <laughs> a little too early. <laughs> little like, too, before yeah. it took hit peak. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, do that again, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to burst. Just I yet. think they, they it was almost like a risky idea at that point, but I think you could totally do that again. Pull it off. That that much the, the whole idea behind mm-hmm. the identity album, I think you could try that again. And, you know, it doesn't have to be the BTS, but I think there would be a l- even more artists out there who want to do stuff like that. Like mm. get a Korean artist together with I don't know some other US or um artist or producer or something um because if if i don't know if like a bts member and i don't know like zed did a track like marshmallow and what's his face in exo did Mm. a track with uh forget what it's called i think i had tinashe in it too yeah yeah, 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 um yeah, that song. But uh, <laughs> do that again, because I think it's good. To, it's around good timing to kind of pull something off like that. Mm. And maybe I don't know. Maybe that's the future of how this goes. Yeah, mm. more just nonchalant, just collabing. I don't know. It'd be cool. It'd be nice. Anyway, we'll close out with the remix version of uh, "Mic Drop," I guess. Um, and we'll be back in a moment. So we have a slight change of plans. So instead of doing, I think we've talked enough in detail about a lot of things that have been going on in the past half of the year, and mm-hmm. we don't remember enough about the first part of the year to really talk about things. <laughs> we don't really, we, we clearly don't do enough like actual research on the show. So candid. <laughs> we'll work on that. But um, <laughs> no but, uh, <laughs> I mean, we just we just like to chill out and talk. So um, instead of doing so much of a sh- like a recap of this year, because like. I also feel like that will never end mm-hmm. yeah. if we really start getting into it anyway. We'll do what we kind of did for Epic High's album because um, uh, Danny and Shayna were so excited about this. Um, we'll be talking about Red Velvet's new album. Mm. Um, I personally have only listened to their main single, Peekaboo. Yeah. Um, and I liked it a lot. Um, but, you know, I'll leave it, I'll hand it off to these guys to give you their two cents. Um, clearly, 
it's uh, important enough for us to talk <laughs> about it with you. <laughs> I don't mean that disparag- disparagingly whatsoever, no. but we rarely do album reviews on the exactly. show. Um, so that's just what I mean. Like we we don't talk about a full album into deep um, extent. Um, I think, and, and I don't know how many of you liked our Epic High um, review, um, but we'll kind of do that a little bit. And it's and and I don't know if you did a review on your site for for Epic High's album. Did you on on Soul Rebels? No, I'm behind. All right. So as long as <laughs> I was gonna well, link us talking about yeah. it on here <laughs> and anyway, be like, here the music videos. Okay, done. That work. That would work. Anyway, <laughs> so since you usually don't really do like I don't idol music on your idol music, I've been tempted a couple times, but then yeah. I'm like, no, I can't. I have yeah. to- <laughs> I have to stay true to the <laughs> Yeah. So might as well on here. So I'm sure a lot of you do your own, have your own um reaction follower like people you follow out there, but you know, we do a little something a little different here. So I think you might be interested in our candid and uh, critical um critiques. So yes. why don't we jump in? Tell tell me so so let me give me the basics, guys. So when did this come out? What's it called? Um for oh. those of the for the people out there who don't really pay attention to to girl groups that much like tell tell me a little bit about red velvet the group so the basic conceit of the group is that they have two like alternate identities in terms of like the music and the concepts they have a red concept and they have a velvet concept um the red concept um is the some of the more upbeat stuff like um you know the red bagamot red flavor um stuff like that dum dum was also um red Stuff like that, and then they have their more more um, R and B slash like soul um, persona. That's um, Velvet. Mm-hmm. So that's where like songs like Automatic or Chiro Chiro July Seventh, um, that stuff falls into that. So they alternate album releases mm-hmm. um, with a one Velvet release following mm-hmm. the release of one Red album. Mm-hmm. And this album is called Perfect Velvet. It was released um, November seventeenth. So this. Already, you know, you you begin to think, oh, this is going to fall under the more like the urban R&B kind of a genre. Mm -hmm. But then, Lewis, you've heard Peekaboo, but that doesn't that feel more like a red concept? Because it's it's more upbeat, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I find this to be incredible is that this is more it's, it's less just a dichotomy between red and velvet but it's more of like a fusion of yeah it. yeah that's why yes, i really like this album sense. that's why i think they titled it perfect it's, velvet it, it's mm. it's now that you explain it the two concepts i wasn't too aware of that mm. but i think it's very much somewhere in the middle of those two because it still has like it has that upbeat thing going on yeah and the 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 motif of peekaboo i think is also kind of still a a reference to that Mm -hmm. but it still has a very it has that sort of you know the way deep house has a darkness to it although being sort of that semi-disco because deep house also has that like disco-y sort of like four on the floor chill happy vibes dance dancey vibes to it but Mm -hmm. it's a little has a dark edginess to it yeah, yeah. yeah and i think this kind of has that it has a sort of an edginess while being bright it's it's almost um sort of like like it's four walls reincarnate i feel like it's just <laughs> brought all of that back in. yeah yeah sort of yeah and that's why you know because everybody knows by this point that i'm partial to fx because i think they're the best girl groups um in the world but it's now I think F- SM is just kind of getting ready to phase out FX like for Ooh, good. Sad. Because like after like Amber kind of um, 
yeah fell out of the group it was just i don't think they they're coming back anytime soon especially and um this album by red velvet i feel like is also more of a statement that like oh you know we don't need fx to be doing the cool stuff like look at red Mm. velvet like this Mm. is it's, it's their new like sm capstone like girl group that they could do all their experiments with. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I say that is because their album covers a lot of different genres in that, yes. like, in the nine tracks. Like, not, not maybe like two or three are the traditional velvet, like R and B, urban soul kind of a kind of a deal. But otherwise, it's like whatever is has been hip in the Korean music industry. Yeah, they've all got it. Like, um, they, they I think they had Jinbo the Super Freak involved in the production of uh, po- their second track. Or uh, look. That makes sense. It sounds absolutely like that. Like, you yeah. know, the, the the New Jack Swing 90s, you know, like Sue Min, I think, was featured also in the song. Oh, yeah. So, makes sense. I could hear that. And then, you know, they also have in their My, my Second Date, it's like whatever was hot in um, the, the hip hop scene with maybe like Groovy Room kind of a style beat. Yeah. Um, that's what was happening. So I was like, wow, I mean. <laughs> This is targeted explicitly at like the quote-unquote hipsters, and yeah. it's it's gonna work. It's 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 great. <laughs> also, I haven't. I mean, I'm one of the people that doesn't really pay attention to girl groups. So, I mean, I've known some of Earl Velvet's like earlier very popular songs, mm. right? Like Ice Cream and like songs like that. But I've never like listened to any of their albums all the way through mm. um i generally don't for girl groups <laughs> like if there are songs that my friends say are good i'll listen to those or yeah, watch yeah, a music yeah. video and i still haven't seen the music video for peekaboo mm. but um i've heard good things as far as like yeah i feel like their entire like just the way they present themselves is like very unique yeah that's what you know that's the same way that fx i think used to present themselves is that they're not vying for your attention not in the music videos not in the stage yeah. not not in their concepts they're not trying to be cute or like yeah you know, or explicitly sexy or whatever they're yeah. just like it's it's more like i am this being if you're curious like look that's <laughs> like the <laughs> which is a very mysterious like way to yeah i mean i feel like it's smart that's like the biggest I feel like differentiating factor with um between like Red Velvet and groups other other K-pop groups like yeah. maybe like Twice Twice just wants your attention so bad <laughs> like they're you know. and their songs are catchy enough for it to work yeah you're like mad at yourself that you like it but you <laughs> like it you know no I I agree with that and I think that's generally been my problem with uh K-pop girl groups and why I haven't been able to get into some of them is because of that like yeah it's not I, interesting yeah. <laughs> I'm just like the cutesy like I can't I can't do yeah. it for I think, the most part yeah like kind of like you said I think twice is just the best the highest production quality of the of the of the model yeah of the <laughs> pre-existing model yes. so it's nothing new but it's just the best out there mm. of what already has been established um whereas this definitely is something like it has it's it's a nice mix of you know what's somewhat familiar while like in that familiar packaging with like the edginess that fx kind of had like the mm-hmm. no gives uh, not gives giving a, fuck, a, yeah. a fuck sort of thing um so yeah i'm that's it, they they have something interesting going on for sure so also, what what are your what are your favorite picks from so this album like, I like, like what what stands out to you 
It could uh, be more than one, but like, what's what stood out to you from this album outside of, or I, I mean, you could probably mention like the Sumin track or whatever, or the mm-hmm. the the Jimbo track as well. But yeah, um, that's definitely one of my favorites, just because I love that that whole genre is mm-hmm. like making a resurgence in Korean music. I think I want to say I like the third track best. Like it's called "I Just," um, because it it really it's. Um, it's really edgy synth pop. It's like it's really it's just hi- I think it's the hippest track in the entire album. Um, it's got a lot of synths that go with like rhythmically um, to the beat, and um, I don't know. And, and the lyrics are also pretty good. It's not. It's 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 about like a person being confused as opposed to like oh love me for like oh I'm in love. You know, <laughs> it's different. So, I mean, I, I would say um, I personally like I Just the best. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think my favorite song is Kingdom Come. Mm. That's like the more velvet, yeah. like typical kind of. Slower, kind yeah. of slow jam, R&B yeah. vibes. Um, but I think a surprising one, because it's, I feel like more on the, I don't know what to compare it to, but more on the like. Uh, mainstream mm. K-pop side of things is Attaboy, mm. but it's so catchy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like the song that initially I wanted to skip the way it starts. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. I keep listening and I'm like, oh, actually, I like this. <laughs> so it's like surprising that way. Um, yeah, I mean, Peekaboo obviously. Peekaboo so good. Is though. great. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's literally like the the entire album is like gold. I yes, love it. Yes. So <laughs> and it's also interesting and it's funny that uh Shayna you mentioned Attaboy <laughs> is more like the typical K-pop yes. stuff cuz that's the one that SM's in-house producer uh Kenzie was involved in writing. So like mm-hmm. it's, it's understandable that it yeah. feels like that cuz like Kenzie is like the epitome the epitome of that kind of music. Um but otherwise like this it, it, the um the the songwriting um, and the lyrics, it's it's a pretty um, it's a pretty diverse kind of a kind of a team here. Um, a couple songs, I think they just straight up bought off of like Warner Chappelle, but otherwise they try to put in like some um, some like singer songwriters. I think. Okay, so what stands out mm-hmm. to me right now is like I was like wondering where have I heard this name before? Um, is as I was going through like the track like um, credit list. Mm was the stereotypes yeah and i realized i remember them because they were featured there they were named explicitly under some of the songs that far east movement has put out before mm. um so like back when in there in the far east movements heyday i mean i think before that they've been working with like hip-hop artists before like they've even worked with like tupac shakur at one point mm. um but uh what re- what stood out to me that that i've ended up remembering the name stereotypes was probably like songs like Rocketeer mm. that Far East movie put out when they were like really hitting it. Oh. Um, but they've, I guess, continued to work with a lot of popbacks in the States. But I think some point they became a semi fixture in K-pop as well. Um, but I guess what really stands out recently that I think you guys might um, notice. I mean, they've done stuff for like Boa, Shiny, EXO, and FX. Um, I'm going through the list, but I guess I guess most notably he's they've worked with Bruno Mars on 24K Magic. Huh. 
Um, Makes sense. And they've done songs with everyone from like Lil Yachty to Tan, um, Iggy Azalea. And so the two songs that they worked with on on Red Velvet's album was Kingdom Come and Attaboy. Ah, Mm. makes sense. Um, Interesting. And wow, they've oh yeah, so yeah, that's that's where I've heard of them. But I thought that was interesting too. Yeah. Overall, I like I said, I think I was just surprised because once again, I know I've said this two million times, but I just haven't listened to a girl group album (laughs) in a long time. (laughs) all the way through not many are worth listening to <laughs> so savage i mean because like at this comments. point who really put the, the people barely put out new like full albums at all that's true yeah like if they do like it's like several singles at least like half the album were already singles or it's like several eps or mini albums as koreans like to call it smashed together mm-hmm. um but yeah this is like the only like the the one girl group that's like worth following for like the the product that they're actually marketing like their music and like their persona because like others that's not the case so much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So why don't we head into our final segment? Yes. Um, our weekly picks. Um, <clears throat> so Danny, please uh, start us off with your in case you missed it and your hot new release. All right. So my in case you missed it pick is exactly one week old as of the day of recording um it came out last monday i did hint at it last week in my uh in case you missed it that dear cloud would be releasing a new album their fourth album um it has come out and it's you know as expected it's it's great um although to be honest like in it on on like the first listen i was like oh what like what are these fake strings and then I looked into it and I found out that they were actually like real strings. Huh. <laughs> and then it was also, I also kind of thought maybe why is this so poppy and not as psychedelic as I wanted it to be. But then the more I listened to it, the more I appreciated like, cause the melody has been really well crafted in all the songs and stuff. So they, the, the name of the album is my dear, my lover. The name of the song I would like to highlight is runaway. Because that's the most, I think, typical kind of sentiments that it expresses, like of Dear Cloud, uh, kind of a thick, kind of a sadness um, in their lyrics as well. So I definitely do go check this song out. And for my hot new release, so Rock and Roll Radio just came back with another single after, um, because they came back out of the blue, like I think a couple weeks ago with the song America. And then they released That's a weird song. That was a weird song, but this is better. So, okay. um, <laughs> I'm glad this, this is the song that I would because um, I like this band and, I, and yeah. their 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 song was like what the I was just I, very I know, confused by that. But song this anyway. this song um, is it proves that they still got it. The name of the song is Punctum.
single. It's, it's got all the trappings of what they, you know, used to be good at. So, I mean, definitely do check that out. Okay. Um, my In Case You Missed It is actually a pretty recent release. Um, it's uh, Rhythm Powers, um, I guess their first EP as a group since the, the conclusion of um, Show, it, me. Show Me the Money, I yeah. think. Um, the song is called Dong Dong Ro. That's also, also the title of the EP. There's one other track on it that featuring Ella, which I think is interesting. But this song features um, Crush. Um, and it's good. I mean, I didn't really listen to Rhythm Power that much as, like, I, th- I guess a lot of people despite their despite, despite their success individually on various seasons of this show they've yeah. never really like kicked off which is really weird and it's sort of an outlier for their for their label because they've generally been very successful in their label but is it i feel like rhythm power has always been awkward for me because it, it's three people right yeah, but I mean, it's not as if that hasn't been done before. I know, but I just feel like typically it doesn't work out as well as duos. Yeah, which is, I don't know why. <laughs> Some, there's but, something there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I like this one. Um, and then their music video is is, is fun as well. Hmm. It's the type of music video I kind of like, or just like. Just the aesthetics of it, I, I am fond of. Mm. Um, and then the hot new release that I want to uh, release uh, to let you guys know of is very, very, very fresh. It's um, it's not even fully released yet. So the song itself that I want to introduce to you is "Then We" um, by Jibanoff. <laughs> Um, on a upcoming EP called Karma. Um, I think Jibanoff recently signed with a new label, so he's not, uh, technically speaking, underground anymore. And this is mm. supposed to be his like first official, like not mainstream, but like official um, label release, I suppose. Um, CD and everything. Um, so it's... Jibanoff, I think, I don't know if I've picked him before, but he is one of those um, underground artists that has definitely garnered a lot of interest. He's very talented. He is part of the um, the collective or the crew House on Mars, which has a lot of other mm. underground um, R&B vocalists um, and producers. Um, a little more, uh, has, has a little bit more greater gender diversity than Club Eskimo does. Um, Go check them out. They do a lot of collaborations with each other as well. Um, and uh, they're definitely not as, like, super mainstream or quote-unquote mainstream as, like, maybe Club Eskimo is. Um, but if y'all like this sort of um, new neo-soul slash, like, you know, alternative R&B that's coming out, like, definitely House on Mars is a great crew to to keep up with. But uh, yes, go check out this new EP that's going to be coming out real soon. Probably by the time this gets this episode gets published, it'll be probably be out this at that point. Um, you can only listen to the single right now on on SoundCloud. 
So go check out Jibanoff on SoundCloud, and, and it's the first track that pops up. It's going to be Denwi. So yes, cool. go listen to that. Great. Um. Yeah. So <clears throat> for my in case you missed it. I finally got around to writing a quick review of Rad Museum's scene EP. Mm. Um, so Rad Museum is really interesting. So I, I found out uh, he used to go by Camper. And I remember hearing that name quite a bit, but like not really knowing who it was. And actually, he's done quite a bit of the artwork for oh, other really? Club Eskimo oh. artists. Yeah. So he is kind of like a... Yeah, he's into art. I mean... Once again, <laughs> to bring back the term, there are plenty of a, so to say, so to so, like uh, art hoes is what we <laughs> call them in the <laughs> K-hip-hop, K-R&B like underground right now. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, he's done a lot of artwork for other Club Eskimo people and I believe other artists. But anyway, uh, yeah, right now there's like nothing on his SoundCloud, which I think he used to have more content up. Mm. But um, seeing as his first EP... And uh, yeah, I actually really like it. Like, I like all of the songs. And mm. I was surprised because I really wasn't familiar with him um, really before. He featured on um, Off and Off's album. And I was like, oh, this guy. Like, who is he? Um, but anyway, Do I you wanted to... you know what label to... he's in? He, I don't think he's with one. Oh, okay. He's kind of like loosely collected with Club Eskimo. Okay. Um, yeah. But anyway, go check out my review. But uh, I did pick one of the songs called Dancing in the Rain. I think he has a really good voice, um, and so he this for this particular song he uh, put up a live session, and I think um, Chusin, who is also part of Plasmo, plays guitar in that. So check that out. Um, and then for hot new release, I mean, technically this is not super hot, but whatever. We talked about it, so I'll mention it. And it's been a while since we recorded. So, uh, like I mentioned, Kingdom Come. my favorite song on Red Velvet album. Shout out to my friends who were hyping it up and I was like, fine, I'll listen. And then I did. And then I listened to the rest of the album. So mm. there you go. Yeah, but that's my that's my pick. I'm obsessed with it. Still listening to it. Mm. Prob- might be sick of it after a couple more weeks, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. So yeah. Awesome. So that wraps up our show for the week um, and pretty much for uh, the year, pretty much. Um, Thank you for being on this ride with us. Hopefully we'll be back soon um, in the next uh, in the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, of course, follow or reach out to us on Twitter, although you might be um, best suited by following Shana because Danny and I don't really do anything on Twitter. Mm. Um, you can find our handles in the, in the description of wherever you might be listening to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, go check out Shana's stuff on Soul Rebels dot com um go check out 
Danny's stuff on Korean indie. Um, and, and if you, yeah, if you've been listening and enjoy what you've heard at all or have suggestions, we're really, really in need of <laughs> suggestions. We're for running out of topics, guys. to talk about. We know there's stuff out there that people want to know or people are curious about. Um, even uh, we've kind of talked about whether we should do another review of a show because we did Show Me the Money this summer. Yeah. I, I would be interested in watching Double Life. That's the reality show that uh, CL, Taeyang, and Oh Hyuk are going to be on. Are mm. they? How long does that run? I'm not sure. Like, but And does, will it have recurring or will it have other I'm not sure. This could people? be like the first season and they're starting with these three. Oh. But uh, anyway, we might watch that in over break and mm. talk about it later. But Maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then you can, of course... Um, we'll be wrapping up Case Sound this coming weekend, I believe, yeah. or the weekend after. Um, but yeah, we'll be. I don't think anybody's going to be continuing the show over winter break. So if you want to check out the rest of our shows, I don't think we've been too up to date with our recent <laughs> show recordings. But you can always listen to our shows, which some of them are actually really popular. Some of uh, some of our shows have gotten like thousands of listens, yeah. actually. It- um but uh yeah go you can check out if you want to if you like our weekly picks you can hear the case sound cruise um playlists um you can either if you want to know what the recent ones are yeah if you just you don't if you don't want to listen to us talking you can go straight to the <laughs> youtube playlist <laughs> wow <laughs> um um but uh if you'd like to hear a bit of our commentary um i think generally we get rid of the psas on our recorded edition so you can go check that out on case sound on uh, soundcloud um yeah and you can uh uh follow us on on facebook instagram and soundcloud uh and of course if you have any questions comments criticism um good or bad you can send that to the tla podcast on at gmail.com um thank you we'll see you maybe in a month or so uh stay tuned thanks